Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Super excited today. We have an amazing, amazing guest that has been just in the game for a little over a year, but has literally transformed his life in so many different ways when it comes down to real estate investing. And he has been doing it with wholesaling. He's actually implemented some different strategies using virtual assistants and has been able to do all of this while still fighting for our country being in the military and, and making a difference, uh, you know, with some drastic things that he's gone through throughout this past year with moving and, and uh, you know, still working, um, but has successfully completed uh, about eight deals now. Is that correct? That's right. Eight deals closed. Okay. Eight deals closed. He's got a couple more on the shelf that, you know, he's just building tons of momentum and being able to, uh, you know, slowly but surely, you know, get more, more income from these transactions as well as making a bigger difference in not just his life, but his family's as well. So it is super exciting and such a privilege to have my good man. How you doing, brother? Omar. Good, Brandon. Good, good, man. And thanks so much for having me on here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you. So you just got started about a year ago, correct? That's right. About uh, 13, 14 months ago. Okay, sick. So you know, for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into it and, and kind of giving people a background of who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Omar Masalam. Uh, I wholesale real estate right now and uh, also in the Navy. Um, I got into real estate investing because I wanted to get a rental property. Uh, I was struggling with that and then eventually found out about wholesaling and I've loved it ever since. Um, I started out doing it in Florida and now I'm in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, kind of for a quick stop and um, kind of uh, kind of like the bigger plan, like you mentioned, you know, building momentum. So I love it. It's been wonderful so far. So what got you interested in real estate? You know, it's uh, it's always kind of been uh, a, a passion. I didn't really know what the, you know, the motivation was when I was a kid, but I always uh, I, I love the idea of, of, of big buildings or just real estate in general. And uh, I think that kind of came from my mom, to be honest with you. Um, and then right when I graduated college, uh, my initial inclination was to just buy a house. I was like, I'm going to buy a house cause it's the right thing to do. You know, I'm going to get started young. Um, and then through a series of like education and podcasts and learning and talking with other people, uh, I realized what I wanted, were, uh, you know, was rental properties and, um, I was struggling with that. And then I heard enough people tell me, Hey, if you're going to get into real estate, start with wholesaling. Yeah. And I heard enough people tell me that and I took their advice. And, um, eight deals later, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love it. It's, uh, it's definitely the business that I want to build. And, um, you know, it's, I think the future looks bright. I love it. Yeah. That's super, super exciting. You know, wholesaling is a solid way to really get started because you're kind of right in the middle there. You get to find the ultimate deal because, you know, not just as an investor, you need to find it even below an investor, you know, price so you can actually get it and sell it back to an investor or wholesale it, which I know you have one in the mix right now. 
that yeah. you're putting uh, on the market, which is awesome. But you get to figure out, you know, the numbers and, you know, analyzing a deal and what works and what doesn't because you have, you know, you can market it to other cash buyers, other investors, and you can find out, you know, is this really a solid, you know, deal or not? So I'm sure that has helped tremendously getting started. Now you mentioned just a moment ago that you, you probably got that interest from your mom from, um, you know, actually liking big buildings and, uh, and property in general. What is that about? So my, my parents came to, uh, to the U S back in the eighties, uh, from Egypt, actually. No and kidding. And obviously real estate appreciates every year more or less, uh, cause it's a, uh, it's a hedge against inflation. And so, um, back then my mom was like, you know, we could have bought a, a townhouse for 20% of what it's worth now. And you know, we'd be rich. And yeah. just that little, little thought like always stuck with me in my head. And, um, you know, I, you know, it, you know, just developing what I want and what I want to buy in the future with, with the money I'm generating through my wholesaling business. Um, it's kind of honing in on, you know, apartments. She never talked about apartments or anything like that. It was just that initial like spark of interest that she, you know, she's like, Oh, we should have bought when, you know, when we came to this country. Yeah. And that, that's really, it, it's that simple. And that's, that's what sparked my interest in it really. Okay. I love it. Very good. Yeah. So, um, so basically you kind of figure out wholesaling because you wanted a rental property. You didn't know how to get that started. You, you jumped into okay. uh, the local RIA groups, real estate investment mm -hmm. clubs, and you kind of got motivated by them and kind of persuade to, you know, if you're getting started, wholesaling would be a great start. So they had a course for you to kind of jump into and help educate you a little bit during that process. Yeah. So the first place um, I learned about wholesaling was, when I, when I lived in Pensacola, Florida, I was part of the Professional Investors Guild, uh, which, a, which is a, a fabulous real estate club down there. And they have a course for everyone that joins and it teaches you how to wholesale. And um, I took it and I did my first deal when I was down there. I was driving for dollars. I found this lot for, uh, with a dilapidated sign for sale by owner. And I called the guy, negotiate it, get, get it under contract and everything for $3,500, if you can believe that. 3500 like, How bad yeah. of shape was it? <laughs> it wasn't even that bad. It's just Pensacola is basically southern Alabama. So, you know, land is pretty cheap down there. Gotcha. But um, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Because I didn't really understand the whole assignment process and all that. I'm like, yeah. well, if I have to buy it, I guess I get a piece of land for 3500 bucks. Yeah, smart so man. I put it under contract and I marketed it on Facebook and I found a buyer within a few days. And then one or two weeks later, we closed and I had my first check from wholesaling, which was $1,000. Okay. I, just, I probably felt like, you know, <laughs> the best wholesaler in the world, even though it's a <laughs> you know, pretty small assignment fee. But uh, It's okay. It hey, something... Something's better than nothing, man. And you started, you know, you took action on it. What's the worst that could happen? I love that mindset. And then, you know, uh, two weeks later, you get a, you get a sold. So that's awesome. Yeah. So before you found that first deal, how far, you know, how long was it since you took that, since you invested in yourself and started, you know, uh, getting that course, that education process? Let's see. Um, I think I joined the, uh, the, the Professional Investors Guild in October and that deal closed, I think, on December 1st of 2017. Okay, very good. So just a few months later. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd been, you know, learning about flips and rentals and apartments and everything starting in January of that year. So about almost two years ago from, from today. 
Um, but you know, true education on wholesaling and when I got serious about it, maybe two months, two months time. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. Like when you started taking it truly serious, instead of just yeah. like playing around on social media or reading a book or two about it, like you, you took it serious and you went to the local RIA group, you invested in yourself, you got some education and, and that's when it really started, you know, turning on to something more serious, which is awesome. Right. How long yeah. have you been in the Navy? Uh, about two and a half years now. Two and a half years. And you mentioned in the past, uh, just one-on-one -on -one with me, that you had, you know, obviously the Navy keeps you busy and as well as, you know, moving around. So how has that been while you are, you know, creating this new business, this side hustle? It's been, it's been good. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I don't think there's ever a perfect scenario, you know, wherever you are in life. Um, even if you have a job or, you know, I, I, I feel pretty lucky, honestly, because my, uh, my responsibilities right now, you know, to put it pretty simply are, are pretty low. You know, it's just me. I don't have like a family or kids or anything like that. And so I can devote all of my free time um, to what I, to my goals and, and my future. So, I mean, it's, I, I, I feel like I'm in a great position. Um, you know, obviously I don't have a whole lot of say in where I move. Uh, you know, next year I'm going to San Diego. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to hang out and, and do some deals together. That's right. But, um, it's, it's been great. Honestly, it's been great. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the best part too. Even though you're in the military, you're in the Navy, you're going to be moving a little bit. At the same time, you know, you can adjust because you are an entrepreneur, you can adjust. And because you don't have too many uh, responsibilities or obligations, I guess would be a better word, uh, that could possibly hold you down or hold you back or get you even distracted. This is something, you know, that you can stay focused and really fall in love with the game of real estate yeah. and wholesaling, you know, take your learning curves and keep it moving and, and adjust quickly. So when Ooh. it comes down to that first deal, did you have any learning curves? Let's see. I honestly, I, in hindsight, I was pretty impressed with my, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty impressed too. Just hearing about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the guy was, he, he was selling it for 5,000 bucks. I, I negotiated $4,000 over the phone. And then when I got there in person, I negotiated the price of the lot down to $3,500. And, and you know, anyone who's, uh, who's listening, who doesn't know what wholesaling is, or even buying as an investor, they might be like, Oh man, like, um, you know, that, that's crazy. It was already 5,000 bucks. Why would you negotiate anymore? As a wholesaler, you're really a problem solver. That's you know, right. You're putting, you're putting an offer out on the table. Yeah. You're not, because um, if, if you don't understand the full circle or, or, or buying from a distressed property, every person I've bought from has been very thankful and they're, they're happy that I came across them and, and were able, was able to offer them a price that made sense to them and help them out. So I just say that to say that, you know, you're a problem solver when you're a wholesaler and you're out there putting out offers, you know, yeah. it's, it's nothing more than an offer and the, everyone has a choice at the end of the day. And that's right. At the end of the day, business is business. And, you know, typically all throughout the board, when it comes down to real estate, you are a problem solver. You're really solving right. some kind of situation that they're in, that they found themselves in. And also something that I talk about in my negotiations course, which is exactly what you did. When it comes down to giving somebody like right away, the top dollar that they're asking for, they that will actually potentially hurt the deal because yeah, you guys might finalize it and walk away. But that other person, that, that person that was selling it, they're going to naturally start thinking about, 
well, God, he jumped on that price right away. That was that too good to be true. Should I have asked for 10 grand? And it'll start mentally really messing them up and really driving them crazy that both people aren't walking away happy. And you never right. want to, you never want to leave a negotiation or a deal in general with, with people walking away, pissed off, ha like unhappy, <laughs> whatever it may be. Not good. So, um, so, you know, just negotiation, even, even though you know it's a home run deal and the numbers work, it's, it's almost best if they're starting off at five grand, not to give them the five grand and just negotiate something uh, and make them feel like, you know, you guys play tug of war a little bit. So they, they have like, all right, you know, this was a win-win situation. Right. So that's awesome. I agree. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in the negotiations course or lead generation course, go check out uh, brandonelliinvestments.com. You'll be able to check out the fundamentals and tools link. It has it right there at the top uh, with a bunch of other books that I recommend uh, to get started. But as far as, you know, jumping into some of these other deals, you've done about eight right now and you got a couple more that are pending. Um, you know, a big one you're closing tomorrow, correct? Tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. That's super awesome, man. Um, you know, it seems like the more you keep doing these deals, it, you know, you, you privately talk to me one-on-one uh, -on -one about some of the numbers, the, the assignment fees are just getting higher and higher. And I'm guessing it's because, you know, your experience is getting higher and higher. Like you're doing more, you're taking more action and uh, you're really learning a lot. So do you have anything to kind of give that credibility to, or do you think it just like the more that you do, it just, it starts building up that momentum like we talked about. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, as soon as I did my first deal, uh, I turned around and invested more money in myself uh, through a whole, another wholesaling course uh, from Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. And the course is from Wholesaling Inc. And that was, um, I mean, that basically teaches you how to build a scalable business. Yep. And it, it's, it's been a, you know, life-changing experience because it's literally been a tenfold investment so far I mean and I haven't even I feel like I'm I'm just like scratching the surface I love but, it um the the motto of the course is instruction over education so you're, you're given instructions you do it and the goal is that you produce revenue and you learn on the job so rather than going to appraiser school you you get the property under contract you talk to your cash buyers they give you feedback and you learn your markets um numbers that way so i would attribute it one to taking action and uh, at the same time um the investment in myself which was the wholesaling course that i did i love it i love it so let's talk about some of these other deals or more importantly what i want to really get down to is some of the learning curves there's got to be some kind of learning curves along the way yeah absolutely um i think a lot of folks talk about follow-up you know the money's in the follow-up and and whatnot yeah, uh, I don't think that could be more true than, you know, this, this story right here. So I uh, had a deal where it was, it was a Facebook lead and the lady referred me to another lady who, whose grandmother's house had just burned down. It didn't burn down, but it was like burned through the inside. Right. Okay. And so it was a referral to start off and I reach out to this, this, this woman and she's like, yes, we want to sell the property. It's going to cost too much to fix up. And I'm like, okay, great. And we meet and we kind of negotiate a price and then she kind of disappeared, right? She didn't want to sign a contract, which was fine. You know, like I said earlier, it's, it's an offer. Yeah. Um, they, they make the choice. And so three or four months go by and I'm 
I must have followed up with her at least 30 or 40 times. Um, through that was appointments that she didn't show up to. And, and finally, I, I, we get together and I spend three hours just listening to her tell me her story. It's so and important. Finally, yeah. Finally, you know, we, we set the, we signed the purchase agreement and we were able to close the deal. And she was super enthusiastic and happy once we finally closed because um, it was a huge burden on her and her family. So um, le learning curves, one follow up, you know, and you, you just have to, you have to commit to it and realize that you're building a pipeline yep. of, of leads that you're nurturing. And eventually you'll get a certain amount of them that, you know, do close with you. And that's really for any sales job, uh, especially wholesaling. Something very important with that as well is staying organized because oh, yeah. obviously that was, you weren't putting all your eggs in one basket when it comes down to that particular deal, right. but you know, staying organized, having a chart and a follow-up date or reminder that really keeps you organized uh, is so key to any type of success and, and really just staying, you know, on top of it. But uh, you know, you did something that most, you know, 99% of people out there wouldn't do. You followed up 30 plus times and you know, it, it's one thing to follow up once or twice, but, uh, but you went above and beyond because you're so focused on that particular deal. At the right. end of the day, they fell in love with that and, and really, you know, loved your commitment because I guarantee you not one other person that was marketing to them did exactly what you did by building that relationship and keep on, you know, getting on top of them. It's almost your moral obligation to really, you know, fulfill and, and solve their problem. Right. Cause let's face it, like nine times out of 10, most people out there, you know, when they're going through some kind of, you know, crisis, some type of situation, a problem in their life, a lot of people run from those problems and, and it's just overwhelming. It's too much for people. So, you know, they'll run from it and they'll try to, they'll try to hide from it um, and try to bury it, but eventually it's going to have to come back up and get dealt with. So it's all about timing and staying persistent. So I really love that. Yeah. So um, I know you mentioned one-on-one -on -one with me that, you know, you got recommended when you first got started for direct mail marketing postcards, possibly to, you know, hit this one area, this one neighborhood right across the street from you. But, you know, you spend what, $500 or so, and you only sent it out once and then you got nothing from it, correct? And you're, you're yeah. sitting there shocked. So that was, that was probably a huge learning curve. Um, and, you know, the, the guidance I had when I was starting was, pick a marketing plan and stick to it for six months. I was like, all right, great. I got this money set aside. I'm going to spend this much every month for the next six months uh, in my marketing. And the first thing I did was I ordered 500 postcards from Vistaprint. I get them in the mail. And then I bought 500 stamps from the post office and I hand stamped every single one. Must've taken me like three hours, uh, but I did it and I got them out the door, 500 postcards. I, tar I, I sent them to a neighborhood. So no, like distress list or anything like that. I sent them to a neighborhood and got zero phone calls, not a single phone call. And I was like, man, is it really that hard? Like, is it really that low of a response rate? Um, but you identify, then, you know, you send it yeah. once and then, you know, it typically takes anywhere from three to like six, seven, eight times until you finally get that, you know, uh, those leads coming in or they just get curious. Like what the hell is this person? Um, yeah. So, but that's yeah. a, that's a huge learning curve that I feel like a lot of people could resonate with. Totally. Totally. You know, that's awesome. So let's talk about some other deals. 
Okay, absolutely. So um, let's see. One, uh, the, the last one I did when I was in Pensacola, I, uh, it was to owner-occupied. Uh, so I pulled an owner-occupied list. So contrary to, to the first mailing campaign, here's probably what it should look like when you send out postcards. And, and let, um, me, let me backtrack. Where'd you get the list from? I got the list from ListSource, ListSource.com. Okay. Very good. So if, if you haven't heard of that list, L-I-S-T, source, S-O-R-S-O-U-R-C-E.com. Um, what kind of criteria do you typically type in there? So this one was owner-occupied, so uh, 40 to 100% equity, um, whatever geographical area that you want. Uh, you, there's an option for owner-occupied, and then you're also going to want to do um, non-corporate owned if that, that's, a, that's a preference. Um, but basically, high equity, and they live in the property. Uh, and they've purchased it uh, greater than three, uh, three years ago. So okay. I get the list. I send it to a mail house, which um, Modern Postcard over in San Diego, actually. And they handle everything. So you pretty much tell them what you want sent, where you want it sent. And a couple of days later, you just start getting phone calls. You don't actually physically deal with any of the mail, Yeah, uh, which is the scalable way to do postcards and direct it's a, mail it's a time consuming and at the end of the day you're pretty much spending right around the same amount of money uh so it's yeah. kind of it's pretty unique and funny i use uh yellow letters now okay yeah. nice very awesome. similar there's a bunch of different companies out there so definitely you know do your research and totally. they're all very similar um mm -hmm. but yeah that's awesome very plug and play correct exactly exactly yeah. that's exactly what it is so i i get the list i send it to the mail house the postcards arrive right? Um, and I start getting my phone calls. So I'm qualifying all the, the sellers. I'm qualifying them. I've got a script that I was, you know, was, I was using and I get uh, a seller and she, we're having a conversation. She's telling me about, you know, some of her motivating factors. Uh, she wanted to sell her property, right? This, so, right. We're coming back to the whole problem solver thing. I'm a problem solver as yep. a wholesaler. She wanted to sell her property quickly she wanted to her her she, they wanted to go see their daughters up in New York and they were in Florida right they wanted to sell the property buy an RV get rid of everything else that they owned and just leave town that was that's what they wanted and so uh, I qualified them based on the fact that they were motivated and they had equity um, so I went on the appointment and I get there and we're talking and you know there it was a great couple there's a really nice house in a really great part of town in uh, Pensacola. And I, um, you know, did my walkthrough, we're talking and it's very natural. It wasn't, you know, um, it didn't feel rushed or anything like that. And we get to the point where we're talking about price and, you know, uh, they, on the phone, they said they wanted 120,000 for the property. Uh, and my first offer to them was $45,000. Right. So we kind of penciled out somewhere in the middle. We're a little off here. <laughs> yeah, we're a little off, but we, we penciled out somewhere in the middle at, a, at about 85,000 bucks. I love it. And um, I put the property under contract and this one I double closed on. So I sent it out to my cash buyers list via MailChimp and it goes out. And the next day I get a phone call from uh, one of my cash buyers. He's like, I want it. I'll buy it right now. <laughs> so he bought it for 110 and I double closed so that the spread is 25,000 bucks, but there's some fees when you double close. So I, 
ended up walking away with about 22,000 and some change. Yeah. Um, now the reason why you double close correct is so both people didn't actually see what you bought it for or what you're making in between because that could piss off the seller. Well, yeah, that's not the reason why. Um, I, this, you know, if, if a cash buyer has a problem with how much you're going to make, um, they're yeah. probably not the best cash buyer. For and sure. This, this particular one wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, uh, he wouldn't have cared. Um, it was based on a previous experience I had where I assigned the contract and um, the seller realized that I wasn't actually buying it. Someone else was buying it, which was totally illegal. You know, this for the yeah. contract that we all signed. Um, but she just had kind of some bad blood with the end buyer. Uh, oh, she knew the end buyer? It, it was one of the big rehabbers in the area. So when we get to the closing table, she realized that he was buying it. And she just gave me this look and it like, just kind of like put this, a bad taste in my mouth from doing assignments. But yeah. that, that was then. And, and this is now. So okay. the reason I did that, that double close on this, this next deal um, was because I just, I wanted a clean transaction yeah. where I was buying and then I was selling. Yeah. It's but okay it to give up a couple grand just to make sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I double closed it and that was 30 days from phone call to closing. Okay. I love it, man. That is huge. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple things. Uh, first, I want to know about your, your uh, phone call script. When, when leads are coming in, like, you know, what kind of script do you typically have? What kind of questions are you asking and how long are you typically on the phone with people? And then I want to hear how you developed a buyer's list. What does that look okay. like? So the script is, uh, it's very simple. Uh, it's nine questions. And it basically starts out, um, the whole point of the script is that we're pulling away, right? We're not chasing the seller. We're, we're having the seller convince us that we're, convince us that we should buy their property. Of course. And the, the basis of the script is equity and motivation. Do they have equity in the property? Do they have a problem that we can solve? And do they have a motivating factor that we can solve for them? I love and it. So um, some of the questions uh, that we ask in, in the script is, hey, tell me a little bit about the property. You know, it sounds like a great property. Why would you consider selling it? And that question right there is so critical. It's so huge. Why, why are you selling the property? It's a great house. Why don't you rent it out? Um, why don't you fix it up and sell it? you let them tell you what their motivating factor is because usually they'll be a little bit, they don't want to talk or they don't want to, you know, put their cards on the table and that's fine, but it's so important to spend a lot of time on that question yeah. and, and figure out what their motivation is. Mm -hmm. Right. Some of the other questions in the script, uh, Hey, what's, what's owed against the property? Mm. Um, it's kind of like a gut check for, for motivation because if, if it's like, if you call a seller right now on Craigslist and say, what do you owe against your property? They're going to probably hang up on you because they're probably not super motivated. Yeah. But when you find someone who's got a, a situation where they need to sell their property and um, they, they need to, they, they want a cash offer more importantly, uh, they're going to, they're going to tell you the whole situation. And that really helps them in the long run because if they have a problem that we can solve, we can solve it. Yeah. If not, then, you know, we don't want to waste their time. And uh, I think an easy way to get to that point is really building that, that trust factor, like building that relationship, some exactly. uh, commonalities, as well as, you know, just hearing them out, listening to them. Other people always feel yeah. like accepted and like, they feel like that bond. They're like, God, this guy is the man. And it's because yeah. you didn't even say anything the whole time. You're just listening and agreeing like, yeah, I get it. I understand. I, I can relate to that. 
Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and that just builds the whole no like, and trust factor, which is huge. Yep. And that's, that's most of the time during the script I'm listening, right? I yeah. ask a question and I listen. So it's, and it's a bit, it, the, if I go back and listen to all my, my calls, the ones that actually come to fruition to a deal are the ones where I'm doing little talking and a lot of listening. That's right. We, 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 it's a long conversation. You asked me how long it takes. Um, when I find a motivated seller, I mean, we might be on the phone for at least 20 minutes, of course. 20, 30. I've been on the phone for over an hour before just to find out that we weren't a good fit for each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then kind of the, the biggest part of the, the script is when we say, Hey, if I could pay all cash and close quickly, what's the best price you'd consider if I paid for all the closing costs and there were no real estate commissions. And then you just be quiet and let them answer that question. Now, do you ask them several times before that, like, you know, what is, what is your best price or what are you looking to get out of this? No, no, no. I only ask it once. Uh, okay. and that's towards, towards the end. Once I've, once I've kind of qualified them. Uh, and I don't ask them what their, their lowest price is or, or anything like that. I say, what's the best price you would consider? Cause I always try to stay positive of course, uh, and play it in so a positive important. way. It's so important. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'd like to personally ask in the beginning, like, so what would you like for this property? Like what would be your, your best? Okay. Uh, and then I'll typically ask again, somewhere in the middle. And then at the end I'll, I'll do the, you know, if we got creative and we came up with this solution or if I gave you all cash and we close, you know, tomorrow, or, you know, I'll kind of give that as like a, a joking term, but uh, I'll say like, you know, in, in seven to 10 days, uh, what would be the best price that you would take for this? Um, that you'd be willing to walk away from the property. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and typically their, their price will go down as we talk. And it's kind of funny because I ask them up front, but then they tell me all the, I, I typically will get all the negative things out from them with what needs to be done on the property. And then, uh, and then it kind of builds up the, you know, they're bringing their property back down to normal level. Right. Um, so I, I like that strategy though. That's really awesome. Cool. So as far as your buyers list goes, how did you develop that? So I built my buyers list uh, through cold calling landlords on uh, Craigslist, right? So I love it. Just start calling the landlords and saying, hey, uh, my name's Omar. I'm a wholesaler. You know, you want to be completely upfront and honest because you want to focus on the folks who are actually interested in buying the properties that you may have, right? Yeah. You don't want to waste your time with, with someone who's like, oh, like, I, I'm never going to buy unless it's on the MLS or whatever their objection is. Yeah. Yeah. Just get um, it out of the way. Yeah. So just spending a couple hours every day for maybe two or three weeks, uh, cold calling landlords on Craigslist, um, and getting their phone number and email address, uh, and even maybe mailing address, um, just to, you know, do some follow up on, on a separate channel, but you want their email address so that you can send them properties when you have them under contract. I love it. Okay. So, um, time involved for something like that. You said, you know, a couple of weeks, a few hours a day, uh, you'll, you'll be able to really build up a list. You know, what, if you don't mind me asking, what does your list look like? Um, about how so many? I, I've, I've moved around a little bit. Um, when I was in yeah. Pensacola, I had a list of about 550 cash buyers. Okay. Uh, up here in Norfolk, I think I'm at about like 348. And, 348. Uh, and you know, once you get a substantial list of about 100 to 150, um, you really want to uh, network with the other wholesalers in the area and start trading lists. Oh, okay. 
That's yeah. huge. I, I never even thought yeah. of that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, the, the secret sauce is the deal. It's not the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I've, I've been told by uh, some really successful wholesalers that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, just to go back to clarify, you're in West Virginia, 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 Norfolk, Virginia, Northern Virginia. That's a different Norfolk, Norfolk. It's, you know, nope. Virginia beach and Norfolk are right next to each other. Oh, okay. South, Southeast, uh, Virginia. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm from New Jersey originally. Uh, it's really close. Just super ignorant. Don't blame me. <laughs> um, Okay, so when it comes down to, you know, building this list, I, I was told by some other very successful wholesalers that they typically like to have like no more than five to 10, really just rock star investors that they know, like, that's what these guys do. They're hardcore deal after deal. So if the deal makes sense, and they, they know that they're spread in it, one of these, one of these five to 10 guys will pick it up. Obviously, that, that's not the case with a lot of wholesalers out there. And with your situation you know you blast it out to to your list do you constantly start seeing similar people keep coming around or is yeah. every everybody's different oh, yeah. every time oh yeah no i i had honestly it came down to a core group i mean when i was in uh and, and even up here you know most of the folks on your cash buyers list are going to be um you know they're going to be house lookers which is fine i mean that's kind of the way a sales funnel work, works yeah. most of the folks are not going to do business with you and you're looking for two or three who will for sure um but you start seeing the same people. You send out a deal and the same people give you feedback. And then if it's a good deal for them, they'll jump on it, you know. But I, I totally agree with that. You know, you'll have like two or three really good buyers until you get to a certain point where your list is so big that you just get new people every time. But I haven't experienced that yet. I love it. Okay. Now, when you send out a deal, do you do all the due diligence for them or... Um, or do you kind of just say like, here's the address, here's the property, please don't disturb. I have the contract. So if you're looking to get it, this is the price, uh, I'm asking for. I'll put out, um, I'll put out as much information as I can without talking about something I don't know about. You know, I've never rehabbed a house. Uh, I've never owned a rental property. Yeah. So, uh, I can, I can do a little bit of, of, you know, underwriting or due diligence. Okay. But, um, I don't think a rehabber is really going to, I mean, they'll, they'll probably appreciate my initial, um, you know, numbers like, Hey, this is what I think the ARV is. And actually that this deal that I'm closing tomorrow, uh, when I went to look at it with my cash buyer three weeks ago, uh, we're walking through the house. He was like, man, you were, you were right on with your ARV. I think this deal makes perfect sense. And I was like, awesome. I'm glad it worked out that way. That's um, good. But I, I mean, it was my best estimate based on the comps and all that stuff. So I try to, I try to talk about what I know. I put out the pictures. I put out the address, the county, the city uh, information, the Zillow link, and everything that they might want to look at on their first glance of due diligence. Um, and then I just kind of leave it at that. Okay. So you are sending comps that you, you find as well? I don't usually, I don't usually send uh, comps okay. in the email. Okay. Um, cool. So... I've been told and highly recommended by some really rock stars when it comes down to wholesaling that some of the best techniques that they have found out is really just sending it. Just sim I mean, you are going above and beyond and doing some other things, uh, which is awesome. Um, but, but nevertheless, you know, a lot of wholesalers out there get that bad rap and yeah. I can definitely attest to it because I've cut off a lot of wholesalers right after that first connection because, you know, their numbers will be completely off. Their ARV will be something astronomical. I'm like, 
I don't know where you see you can get that ARV or the estimate repair will be totally off. And then, you know, I, I feel like they're trying to take advantage of me or they're uneducated. So I don't want to do business with either of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come off as like, here, here's what it is then and tell them, you know, you're new or tell them that, you know, I'm looking to, you know, let, here's the deal. Let me know if this works out for you. And, and if it doesn't tell me why it does or why it doesn't and let me know so I can adjust next time. And that will help people, you know, the, the investor think, you know, this guy's just getting started. Let me help him out. He's going to be a go-getter and he's just uneducated on, you know, the ARV if it's off or whatever it may be. Um, or the estimated, you know, the repair costs. So that, that will kind of build relationships instead of feeling, making the investor feel like you're like the wholesaler is trying to take advantage of them, which, you know, that's what gives that bad rap of, you know, the numbers are completely off or the ARV is is crazy, stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Very good. So, um, cool. So you have implemented in your business virtual assistants, right? Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. And, um, you know, I guess how to get started with that and, and what kind of tasks are they using to really leverage your time? Totally. So uh, I use virtual assistants in my wholesaling business um, to do everything that I, any, me or anyone else could do, right? So, so she, she handles my emails for me, right? Um, my calendar, she writes contracts she'll uh she'll do the marketing so the marketing is automated through her um and that really depends on your marketing channel you know so if you're doing postcards she'd be ordering the postcards every week if you're doing um cold calling she'd be pulling the lists and sending them in to get skip traced um but whatever it is you want your marketing to be automated so that you don't forget to do it or your your brain isn't you know kind of bogged down with really menial tasks um so all those tasks plus uh anything that really can be automated you know what i mean kpi reports that's huge because you have to keep track of of where your money's going and are you really getting a return on your investment now how Um, do you keep track of that so basically how much marketing went out how many sellers did we talk to how many appointments we went on uh basically anything that you can track uh, just go ahead and track it. And ha- with the, the key here is that your VA is doing it. You're yeah. paying her, him or her to do it. And um, it's, I mean, it's, it co- it takes them an extra few minutes, which will cost you maybe 50 more cents a week yeah. uh, to produce a KPI report. Um, and, you know, you mentioned leveraging time, you know, as an entrepreneur for all of us who are entrepreneurs, our time is best spent, you know, thinking about larger problems rather than, Oh man, like how do I format this Excel spreadsheet or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, so you, you really want to leverage your time so that they're doing the stuff that they want to do and that they're good at, which is, you know, whoever it is around the world, that's your VA. Uh, they signed up for the job that you posted and they're saying, I want to do this data entry for the next 10 months and get paid this amount of money. Fantastic. That's a win-win for me because I definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, that it's, it's huge in leveraging your time so that you can think about the bigger problems and let them focus on the stuff that is, is simple. I love it. And how did, how did you find uh, the virtual assistant as well as, 
you know, how much time are they really putting in, I guess, per week or maybe per month for you? So uh, I use Upwork, upwork.com mm -hmm. and uh, basically just get on the website uh, and, and I've created a little ebook that I want to share with everyone uh, of how to find, what is a VA, how to find one and how to communicate with them. I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I post a job. I feel, I basically filter out the prospective VAs based on what they, how well they do on a small job mm -hmm. and then maybe interview one or two and then just go ahead and hire them. Um, and I'm just communicating, uh, with my VA through Google Hangouts and, um, she has her marching orders. She, she does what I need her to do. And then she sends me a report every week. It's about, um, she spends probably four or five hours a week right now. Um, just doing, you know, the smaller tasks. I love it. That's so yeah. awesome. And at the end of the day, identifying that your time is your biggest asset and really like treasuring your time and not wasting it, doing the small, simple things as an entrepreneur yeah. and business owner, you know, whatever business you're in, but especially real estate, like you need to be a couple steps ahead of your own self <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. figuring out how to build this business and get to that next level. It's so, so crucially important. And um, dude, I'm so, I'm so honored and thankful to be able to have you come up with an, a little ebook or pamphlet to be able to give that step-by-step on how to get your first virtual assistant, how to manage them, how to really give them the tasks needed to be able to, to crush it. I think that's super important. Very, yeah. very thankful for you, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, so what is what does your future kind of hold for you? Like, where do you see yourself? The first year getting started in real estate and, you know, it, it's awesome. There's a lot of momentum building up. So where do you see yourself in the future? So, and that, that's kind of what I'm working on right now is building a three-year plan as far as like my goals and what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, and I know the next step forward for me is to build a wholesaling business uh, versus a wholesaling job. You know what I mean? So I want to build a business where I've got cold callers, I've got acquisition managers, and it's, it's a business that runs without me, right? Uh, and it's not going to happen overnight. There's a lot of processes that have to be implemented. Uh, but that's the ultimate goal, right? A wholesaling, a seven-figure wholesaling business uh, that runs, you know, without my material involvement, and then ultimately taking that money and buying rental properties. Uh, and for me, I really like multifamily real estate, yeah. uh, large multifamily real estate. And I know that's, uh, it's a tougher asset class to get into initially, but I think that's going to be a, a better play in the long run. And I know it's, it's a long-term vision, you know what I mean? I yeah. think, and I think that's important um, for, for anyone who, I mean, real estate, not real estate, whatever it is, you, you've got a big goal. Think about the long game versus the, the short, you know, sprint. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I guarantee you, whatever it is that you're getting started in, you're going to have a lot of setbacks. I mean, I had so many setbacks when I was wholesaling that I was like, oh man, like, is this really worth it? Is this going to work? And I mean, there are times where, you know, I, I got threatened for, for, to get sued um, for just like silly stuff. And, and, you know, you just kind of got to focus on the, on the long game, the long, the long game. Yeah. Yeah. I got uh, a call today from uh, somebody seeing one of my um, bandit signs, just uh, <laughs> pissed off at me, just pissed off. And I was yeah. like, if you don't like the sign, just please don't look, you know? <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy, but 
you know, there, there's always going to be small little setbacks, but they're really just an opportunity for that comeback and, and to be able to crush it. So yeah. the persistence, staying focused, the, the only thing that can really hold you back is you. So if you, if you let yourself get intimidated or overcome by fear and all these right. other things that come up on a daily basis to be able to hold you back, like family members, girlfriend, whatever it is, boyfriend <laughs> for the ladies, you know, uh, or whatever the situation, you know, um, there, there's so many things that could really throw you off and, and get you off that, that focus, that laser beam focus that is so needed. Right. And, uh, and I'm glad that you have it, brother. I'm, I'm glad that you're focused. I'm glad that you're taking action most importantly, and you're overcoming all these obstacles and really crushing it. So I'm excited to check in in the future and be able to see, you know, what the hell you have created with this empire. It's really awesome. <laughs> you and I both, man. You and I both. Yeah. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, I know you said, um, you have that, uh, booklet for everybody for how to how to get their you know the first virtual assistant for real estate you know uh we can put that in the show notes as well as uh people want to reach out to you yeah absolutely. okay cool so, so um how can people get a hold of you if you don't mind so, yeah best way to reach me uh is social media uh i'm at omar masalam o-m-a-r-m-e-s-s-a-l-l-a-m on uh, instagram facebook twitter uh and linkedin and uh, you can also shoot me an email, omar.masalam, same spelling, at gmail.com. Very good. Very good. Cool. And uh, I'm, I'm just super excited that, you know, your goals in the future are getting into those big multifamily because I'm right there with you. And you did mention that it's, it's a little bit tougher. I definitely want to, you know, challenge your, your thinking because at the end of the day, I feel like it's, it's only as tough as we make it. And, yeah. uh, it's only, it only seems tough right now just because you and I, we haven't done those huge multifamilies yet, but, yeah. um, from what I hear, you know, it, it's really just us holding uh, ourselves back. So one, once we dive into it and really just start, make the commitment, that goal towards it and start, it's going to come a lot faster than we think with a, a lot. It's the same, same thing, you know, absolutely, man. real estate is real estate. So, uh, the only difference is that, you know, people taking action in comparison to people that aren't taking action out there, which right. sets us apart. So that's awesome. Well, brother Omar, I appreciate you, man. I truly do. Is there anything that the listeners can do to kind of give back to you? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I, I, I appreciate, uh, I, pre I first of all, I appreciate you. And thanks. Thanks again for, for putting this together and hosting me. Um, but as far as for me, I mean, I, I just appreciate, you know, hearing from other folks around the country. I mean, hearing your story uh, earlier when we, we spoke today was, was, uh, I mean, it was inspiring. It was, I, I appreciate that just being able, I, I enjoy creating connections. So when someone reaches out to me or I reach out to someone and we have that connection, yeah. whether they're here in, in my market in Norfolk or they're all the way in, Hawaii. Um, I mean, I, I really value that a lot. So, um, okay. I love that. No, I'm, I'm the same way. So it's all about the connections, building relationships and, you know, prospering together, pushing each other, you know, motivating, inspiring, and, uh, and just, you know, helping each other out. So that's what it's about, man. Absolutely. Cool. Any final words, man? It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, I, I did want to recommend this book real quick that I just finished. Um, yeah. it's called read for your life. So okay. not a real estate book, but it's a, uh, it's a book written by Pat Williams. Uh, and it's basically just talking about the importance of reading and, um, you know, it encourages you to read one hour per day. And I think that's, uh, it's been pretty huge so far. I haven't been able to hit the goal every single day, but it's, it's been really rewarding. 
I love it, man. Yeah, that, that sounds very solid. Once I actually started reading and implementing that, you know, uh, after my accident, it, it was crazy because I, I barely ever read a damn book <laughs> in my life really? before that. It was probably about yeah. like three or four books in my life, uh, like small kid books, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but once That's I started awesome. reading on a regular basis, man, it, it really started changing my life and making me yeah, think definitely. bigger instead totally. of the limited belief. So it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for, you know, staying tuned to the end. And uh, you're definitely going to want to take advantage of this awesome, you know, instructions on how to get your first VA. That's going to be mind blowing. Super excited to read that myself. And if you want to connect with me, go check out ready. Well, go check out uh, the website, Brandon investments.com for the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on iTunes to ready, set, go real estate investing podcast. And uh, make sure that you subscribe and leave a review. This just helps promote it to more people out there and, uh, and let people know it's a good podcast, as well as you know, just helping them get started in real estate, cutting off those limited beliefs and pushing it out there. Um, if you do that, please leave a review, subscribe, share it, push it out there to more people, and uh, send that to me on social media. You can send it to me on Instagram at... Uh, Brandon Elliott Investments or on my public figure page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott REI. I believe that's it. So I hope so. Uh, but I will send you a copy of my book, Action Driven. So you're definitely going to want to get your hands on this. This is awesome. I'll sign it as well as if you're interested, there is tons and tons of knowledge with real estate advice from the best of the best in this magazine, Success Profiles magazine. You're definitely gonna wanna get your hands on this. It's gonna be big stuff, life-changing in here. So, so with that being said, I appreciate you guys all, regardless for staying tuned in and, uh, and just soaking up this. You know, Omar, I appreciate you brother for really you know, donating some of your time, giving back, and uh, just super excited to see you know, where you're going in the future, brother. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it, man. Likewise, I'm excited to connect with you when I get out to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, guys, till next time, stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.